Today on Locked on Horn Frogs, I talked to the TCU player uh, earlier this week at Media Days, the Big 12 Media Days, that thinks he is set up for a breakout season. I'll tell you who that is next on Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right. Lockdown Horn Frogs is your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I am at Simcox. Stephen, the show is at Lockdown TCU. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are really close to 700 subscribers. We're at 697, I believe. It's only a few uh, clicks away there, and I won't bother you until we reach our next milestone. You can also subscribe to the audio version of the podcast. Yesterday's podcast was actually audio only, and I had some interviews with linebacker Jamoy Hodge and safety Bud Clark. Today I'll tell you about a conversation, a short conversation I had with tight end Jared Wiley at Big 12 Media Days. And Wiley's a guy that we've discussed some this offseason who would seem to really benefit from the change at offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles, um, coming over and from Arkansas. And, you know, he traditionally at least – seems to run a more physical offense. Sonny Dykes talked about that earlier this week, that Kendall believes in running the football. He believes in having an offense that is physical um, and that can hold their own up front like Sonny Dykes does. He wants to use the tight end in the passing game. And it's crazy when I look at the numbers because it really felt like Jared had more of an impact last season than this. But last year he had 24 catches – for 245 yards, now did have four touchdowns, uh, but 24 catches for 245 yards, which was a career high for him. His high before that was in 2020 where he had nine receptions for 166 yards at the University of Texas, which is where he was for most of his career before transferring over last offseason. But I got to talk to Jared uh, at Big 12 Media Days, and I asked him, like, what is your role going to be in this offense, and he said, well, Kendall Bryles uses a tight end heavy offense. And he also said this offseason, he's this offseason, he has been working a lot at what to do once he gets the ball in his hands, just kind of changing that mentality, making sure he understands that he's going to be a focal point of this receiving game. And I think this is a great move because they use Wiley as a red zone threat last year. He had you know, touchdown receptions against SMU, had touchdown reception against Oklahoma State. He feels like, and this this might be an odd comparison, but stay with me here. When I saw those numbers and I thought about some of the big moments that he had last season, it kind of felt like the first few years of Blair Conright's career. And what I mean by that, Blair Conright, uh, former TC wide receiver, he hit the transfer portal this spring and is now actually at North Texas preparing to play for them in the fall. But – Blair just kind of had a knack, and I think Max Duggan trusted him and, and sort of used him as a security blanket at times. But Blair had a knack for making big-time catches, like making a big catch on a third down. And that was kind of Jared's role. I mean, he was he was a red zone threat. He was somebody they would target on fourth down. I remember him having a big catch over the middle against Kansas State in that regular season game where they came back and won at home on a possession that really started – to spur that comeback on in the second half and put more pressure on K-State 
but he's a big physical player. Um, you know, he can block, uh, and he's got great size at 6'7". ESPN's got him listed at 255. I think he's probably bigger than that now. But Jared was a, a quarterback in high school. I mean, he played QB at Temple. Uh, he's actually quarterback for Quentin Johnston back in the day. And so he has the athleticism. He has the ability and the agility to be a mismatch over the middle of the field for defenses. And I I really hope that we see his ceiling come out this year because he's a player that I ask him, I said, what have you been working on this offseason? So I've been working on, you know, getting the ball in my hands and then what, what I have to do after it. And he expects to be a factor in this, in this offense um, in the receiving game. Alex Frank, I think it was a few months ago, we had him on the show, and we were talking about um, draft prospects for 2024. And it was right after the 2023 draft had just wrapped up. And so that's always sort of a crapshoot. But I asked him about this, this current crop of TCU players. And I was like, hey, um, what do you like? What do you think about this this team? Is there anybody who you could see jumping up in a huge way with their stock this fall? And he said, "Well, Jared Wiley, in my mind, is the guy." And I agree with that to a certain extent because I think Jared's going to have at least an opportunity in the NFL just because of his size, because he's shown he can be physical and he can block through his five years of playing college football. But if he can add a consistent, you know, receiving threat as a dimension to his game this year, then I feel like there's going to be a lot of NFL interest in him because of the type of mismatch he can be um, with his speed and size and just the ability to make things happen. So I'm excited about Jerry Wild. He also said he was asked about, like, having another offensive coordinator after having Garrett Riley last year, and he said this was his fifth offensive coordinator in five years. So, you know, not a new thing for him. He has been historically just learning new offenses, trying to figure things out on the fly. That's not going to be a huge learning curve or mental hurdle from this offseason, getting used to what is an offense that has been largely stated to be pretty similar to what Garrett Riley was running. Um, you know, the other factor about this is – it seemed like, at least in the spring game, which I know it's a very small sample size, and they're not running, you know, all the concepts they're going to run in game situations. So take it with a grain of salt. But they moved Chandler around in the pocket a lot that night. You know, they're getting him in on these rollouts. And so your tight end can be a very useful player in those situations. We see, and I kind of laugh about this because I, I have a love-hate relationship with it, but um, at least under Kellen Moore, like the Cowboys loved running that bootleg action, right? Especially on first down, like heavy, a heavy sell on the play action. Everybody moving to the right, the running back coming hard to the right, Dak, you know, taking the steps, using the footwork like a quarterback would to hand it off, and then pulling that ball at the last second, rolling out to the other side, and tossing it to the tight end in the flat, and hope, you know, the hope is on sort of a delayed little rollout like that, you can pick up some easy cheap yardage on first down. Not sure that's the way they're going to want to use Jared Wiley this year, but I think that's the way he could be effective. Um, and I know the coaching staff has a lot of other ideas in their brain for how, how they're going to use Jared Wiley this season, but I think he's a, a player to watch. I think he's definitely a player to watch 
um, this upcoming season for TCU football because with his uh, his ability and his frame, I just feel like he could be a matchup nightmare for defenses. When we come back, what did Brett Yormark say at Big 12 Media Days? We'll talk about that next in Locked on Horn Frogs. So some of you probably know this about me. Some of you might not, but I am not a car guy. You know, one of the things that it's kind of overwhelming to me at times and frustrating if my car breaks down because I'm not somebody that just really knows like, okay, what, what's wrong here? Or if I need a part for my car, it can be overwhelming to me to like find, okay, am I finding the right part? Am I getting a good deal? And that's why I'm really excited about one of our new sponsors, eBay Motors, ebaymotors.com. You see it on the overlay there if you're watching on YouTube. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part has to fit just right. You can't, like you can't take shortcuts here. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check and the part will fit, or you can get your money back. Again, if that green check doesn't show up to say the part will fit, you can get your money back. Uh, because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, that's a huge number, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Listen, if you don't know what to do, if you're confused about a part, go to ebaymotors.com. They are one of our new sponsors, and we are happy that they're riding with us here on the Lockdown Network. So Brett Yormark spoke to the assembled media on Wednesday to open Big 12 Media Days, and it was it was intriguing to me. So the way the setup was, you get there and there's like, uh, there's some food available at 11 and then at noon, it's like, okay, here's Brett Yormark speaking. And we all know who Bob Bowlesby was, right? Like Bob Bowlesby was a pretty milk toast, like button down guy, not very charismatic. Now I will say, I think Bob made some really smart decisions towards the end of his tenure. I feel like adding the schools that he did in a time of desperation when Texas and OU were leaving, it was smart. He acted quickly. Uh, I think the way he kind of carried himself through that chaotic, turbulent time in the Big 12 was really commendable. But he's never been somebody that's going to light up a room with what he does at the podium in a press conference all those media type settings. Brett Yormark, very different. Comes from a professional sports background, has been talking about like, we're going to make the Big 12 younger, hipper, cooler. So he comes out and there was no podium. He was just walking around. He had uh, he had like paper with him. He was reading notes off the paper. I don't know if there was a teleprompter, a teleprompter malfunction or if that was actually planned. I thought that was kind of strange. They had the notes in front of him. I mean, I understand you're making a big speech. You want to make sure you get it right. I just thought it was odd that he had the notes physically with him. And there were definitely times where he was just reading verbatim what was being said. But I said this online. I was like, it felt like a new iPhone presentation. Like it was very Silicon Valley, very new tech, 
my my buddy Josh Neighbors, who I who I ate dinner with after, he made the joke. If you if you've watched Succession, in this past season, there's a scene where Kendall is talking about this new product that their company is going to uh, launch, and it's just very like. Um, new age, modern, like, here's what it is, man. It's it's a new wave type of presentation, and it did kind of look like that. But Brett Yormark gets on stage. He gives his opening remarks, and then Chris Budden from ESPN came up with him and did some question and answers. Uh, and then he's a questions from the media there. And so if you're wondering, like, what was he talking about? What was he saying? Well, he covered a lot of ground in the hour that he was up there in in front of uh, the assembled media. But I think some of the highlights, he talked about positive disruption or disrupting things positively. And that's been a buzzword, buzz phrase for him since he took over. Um, You know, one thing that's clear about Brett, he is a salesman by trade. Like he knows how to sell. He wants to get up there. He wants to tell you, you know, what's going on with the Big 12. Um, and sell that product, even if he's still learning a lot about college sports. He said that he's, he's still fairly new to college sports. He's still learning about a lot about it. The thing that everybody wants to know, he was asked about expansion. He said they have a plan for expansion. They hope to execute it soon, but he didn't go into any other detail than that. He was pressed about it a little bit by a couple different folks. Never really took the bait and answered the question. Just said, we have a plan. Uh, we're working towards that plan. We're trying to execute it. Um. So they're, they're still being aggressive. They're still trying to figure this out. Another thing that sort of gave me some insight onto who he was, at one point he was talking, and somebody asked him a football question, and he said, you know, I, I defer that to our deputy chair here at the Big 12 office, who is uh, who's my football guy. He's kind of like my football czar. He is still very new to the world of college football. Like he, he said that. He said last season was really his first year stepping into that world, he said that um, TCU's win in the Fiesta Bowl over Michigan was one of his favorite sports memories ever, which is really cool. I mean, he was there with the Brooklyn Nets for a while. He had some things um, in the race car world. Like, he's been around. He discussed uh, how the Big 12 plans to expand internationally, and he said that there were a lot of different requests from international markets. Um, they're going to play some games in Mexico, some basketball games, some baseball games, possibly women's soccer as well. He felt like geographically that made the most sense. Um, and he said, look, there's 22 million people in Mexico city. If we can get a, a small fashion of those folks to be big 12 fans and that, you know, expanding the league, he talked about a new logo coming next year. They revealed a new 32nd, uh, TV commercial for the league. Or it might be a minute long, but it's on the Big 12 Twitter page. That was cool. Um, and he talked about brand refresh. And it's just clear, like, he is pushing the envelope in a lot of different ways. It seems like the athletic director is behind him. Um, I think Brett is really sharp. I feel like he uh, is very forward-thinking, and he's a great fit for the Big 12. Is is he going to be here for the long haul? And I think somebody has has mentioned this before. He's he's got a professional sports background. He's doing so much. He's clearly not a very patient guy. Like he wants to get things done, which I think is great for the Big 12 because historically it's been a league that has kind of been caught flat-footed on just about everything. But 
he he clearly wants to push things forward. And so is this where he sees himself in five to 10 years or is this a stepping stone to something bigger? I can't answer that question, but it's just something that I, I found myself thinking about after Big 12 Media Days. Um, again, did not like really say anything about expansion. I'll be really curious to see what happens Pac-12 Media Days, like what the narrative is there and what the decision makers are saying. But it definitely feels like the Big 12 has a level of stability right now that the Pac-12 doesn't. And they're trying to be aggressive and they're trying to capitalize on it. And Brett Yormark is leading the charge. And I think it's smart. I think it's savvy. Um, but it's the first time in a long time that this feels like a confident league that is ready to move forward, even with the departure of Texas and Oklahoma, which is a big loss. I mean, we can joke about it from an on-field standpoint, but those are two, I mean, those are two just major brands. Oklahoma had a chokehold on this league from a football perspective for a long time. Texas has not, but they still command big-time attention. But even with those losses, the league seems unified. I think the athletic directors really love what your mark's doing. I feel like, you know, even Mike Gundy, who is not the cheeriest person in the world all the time and can kind of be a little salty in his relationships. He praised Bert York and was like, this guy gets it. And he understands what's happening in the college sports landscape. So I think as Big 12 fans, we should be excited about the future of the league uh, with Brett at the helm. When we come back, we'll, we'll kind of have some parting thoughts and wrap things up. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. Final things as we get ready for the weekend here. Um, again, if you if you didn't get this programming note, we're on three days a week. Technically, I did four episodes because I did an audio-only episode on Thursday. But Monday, Wednesday, Friday will be the schedule throughout the rest of July. If you want to check out those interviews with Bud Clark and Jamoy Hodge, you can do that on the podcast page. Um, one question that wasn't really answered, but I, I, I think it wasn't answered because it's kind of clear what the answer is. Sonny Dykes talked about Chandler more. It's like he talked about what he likes about Chandler. He didn't come out and name a starting quarterback. Chandler was not there. He was not among the players that were asked to come to Big 12 Media Days. But I get the sense that he's the unquestioned starter. Leader of the team was asking Bud Clark, you know, like, Max had so many leadership qualities. Do you see that in Chandler? And he said he, he sees that potential from Chandler Morris. Um, that he, you know, he'll get after guys and he'll hold them accountable. And I think that's the biggest key is can he kind of inspire that same level of passion and effort and toughness that Max brought to the team? Because that was – along with just the fact that they're winning games and he was playing at a high level, it, he was just so beloved by the, his teammates that pulling him, you know, in the middle of the season last year would have been a really tough thing for Sonny Dykes to do. But I came away from Wednesday. I think Sonny likes this group. I mean, he's, he's a realist, and I feel like he understands that so many things went right last season. Um, and they won a lot of close games, but from a, you know, talent and potential standpoint, in some ways, I believe he, he certainly has a very positive outlook on it, but I think you could even argue he might have a more optimistic outlook from a talent standpoint than he did from last year's team. Um, it's just about executing and finding ways to do the little things well, like they did last season, so they can come away with those big wins, so they can win those tight games again. And, it's going to be tough to replicate that. And he said the leadership is going to be the hardest thing to uh, 
replace from last year's team. And, you know, like leadership is one of those things. We can sit here and talk about X's and O's all day and talent, and those are two major factors in winning and losing football games. But leadership and those intangibles are the X factors that also can make a huge difference. And we don't know the answers to that. Only the guys in the locker room really know uh, what that's going to be and what that's going to look like going into the 2023 season. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today and for this week. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. I'll talk to you again Monday. It's your team every day.